It's the Daily Talk Show episode 420. It is weekend banter and I got my mama in the studio. Joanne, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Uh, go easier on her, Josh. I know you like to fucking rev up my family. She's a bit nervous. <laughs> well, she, uh, you've brought in a gift for us. Josh thought it was a blunt because it's 420. Yeah. Uh, and it looks it looks a little bit like that. What did you describe? It had the word marijuana in it, didn't it? What was that? No. <laughs> no, it, it was Shroff Cannabis Arpa. Cannabis. Cannabis Arpa. He was the maker of this particular uh, incense in India. So I tell you, Josh, growing up in the jacket household, this was a plenty. I just remember. Is this? Have you have you had this since I was about two? This this exact bag. Yeah. So, oh, so, no, I've got hundreds of <laughs> Yeah, what, did you get a good deal when I was four? And you I bought... had to buy a hundred or two hundred bundles. <laughs> you're, really, you're, speak, you're speaking to me with it. It's like my Still Like an Artist books. No, you but, end up with them for a long time. You end up gifting them out. But so you're saying this is probably 10, 15, 20 years old? Oh, more. Oh, it's really? Probably 40. So, Wow. I'm gonna light one up. Wait, so how how did this how did, how did this uh, come about, Joanne? How did you end up with these incense? Well, it, they they were used at the Gita School mm-hmm. of Yoga, yeah. where I attended and was trained and spent many many years, and um, it was always wafting through the rooms yeah. and and when I left and started my own yoga school, I thought I want that wafting through my place. Mm. So I ordered it from India. Yeah. And uh, good deal. Good deal. Alibaba or had to send the money. You had to send the cash. Send physical cash. Um, No, no, it was some sort of um, wire transfer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was like that. You had to go to the bank and they they did very old school. Yeah, and um, anyway, uh, you sent that off, and then you wait and wait and wait. I waited two years. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, you think it's a scam. I thought. Oh, you know, I'm not going to ever get this. How much cash did you drop? I can't remember. Was Dad furious? No, was not. <laughs> okay. What did you do in the meantime? I mean, you didn't have any incense. Did well, you? Did you get some locally? I must. Or? I must <laughs> she went and bought a local bunch, and that's why this has only just come out because she bought another 200 bags yeah. from another shop. Um, you, Mum, you've been doing yoga well before it was cool. Well, cool in maybe Melbourne, Australia, but. Yoga's been around a long time. Yeah, I guess but what I mean is it being hip. I mean, it's never mm. been cooler now to meditate, mm-hmm. to do yoga and uh, a bunch of other stuff. But those, those two in particular, you've been doing for ever. You met dad at a, a yoga center. Everyone thought he was gay because they thought who could be, who's this guy going to yoga? What that, year was it? No, well, I was... Uh, Yes, Tim and Colin were avid students at the school and I, you know, Tim and I sort of connected and my, one of my beautiful teachers, uh, she said to me, oh, no, then I said, we had a very short Mm -hmm. engagement, it wasn't even engagement, but a, a sort of friendship before I suddenly announced that we were getting married. They got, they met and married within three months? Yep. That's crazy. Very quick. I mean, that's quicker than the incense. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, Eva, she said she's a Hungarian lady, and she said to me, 
Have you tried it? <laughs> Mr. 97, what mum's talking about is sex. Right. <laughs> just letting it, just wonder. Just I mean, is it, thought he might have dropped do, behind there. <laughs> were they doing, like, is it like Bikram yoga? Did you oh, know? No. Don't insult no, no, my no, mother. No, no. What does that mean? We can, what, get to that bullshit. we can get to that bullshit soon, but yeah. mum's finishing your Finish story. Finish the story. Oh, yeah. um, so she said, have you tried it? And at that stage, hold on. I had to say no. Oh god, this is this is too much info. What about for me. Colin? Uh, who was Colin? You said she there was. Just to the story. Colin's yeah. the best mate. You've heard this is one of those times where you've heard the story. I don't know anything. About it. It's got nothing to do with Colin. Okay. Colin's the guy mm. who we're going to get on the show. It's okay, my dad's great. best. Dad, okay. my dad's best friend. Man. Okay, perfect. Funny man. Okay. I'm filling in the gaps. We don't know who Colin is. <laughs> so anyway, that's really the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Colin was definitely was irrelevant. That, but there must be. I mean, TJ, there must have been. Was there anything else to the story or no? I'm just saying that's burning on the table now. I said. No, and um, we proceeded with our relationship and we got married and 40 years. We had our 40th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. I think that's worth worth the clap. Thank you. Thank you. 40 years together. Well well survived. Me and Timbo. Yeah. Um, And so Dad actually, so he started the yoga school and do you think he and yourself, well, do you think he is, it was unusual like obviously she's oh, thinking yeah. oh, there's no, not well, as many men in there doing right. yoga and things well, like that. Eva, in her wisdom, she said, well, most of the men that do yoga are gay, mm. which is lovely. I mean the gays right? are always on to good shit. They mm. are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're on the yoga well, first. Well, they're sensitive, you see. You, the, the greatest majority of people at that school, and there were hundreds, mm. mainly women, but there were men and they were lovely men, sensitive and progressive and just looking for something deeper than maybe what one can get out of life. And so how did you actually end up getting into yoga in the first place? Well, that's another story. Does it involve Colin? No, no, (laughs) it does not involve Colin. We'll do a full half hour on who Colin is. I'd appreciate that. So I was was a travel industry sales representative for Mm -hmm. Budget Rent-A-Car. Budget. And this is back in the 70s and um, I was calling on a, on a hotel chain and the woman there that was the representative of the Parmelia actually in Perth and she said to me, Joanne, you have a permanent frown on your face. You must do yoga. So, Do you think you did? Probably. Well, I mean, there is about – Mark Wahlberg has one but he's made millions of dollars out of it. Yeah, but he's constantly like <laughs> – you know, <laughs> also yeah, I would well, tell someone to fuck off that, if they told me to have. <laughs> well, they had a fr- that Did really you? wasn't, you know, my intention right. to, you know, have a frown on my face. No, it's resting um, bitch face almost. Yeah. Do you know that, Mum? No. Resting bitch face. You know, people that just look a bit pissed, mm. pissed off. They're always just oh, like, oh right, yeah, something wrong with you. Mm. Nothing. So were you were you unhappy at that point? No. Oh, probably a bit, you know. But complete no, one no, no, no. <laughs> it was um, life was challenging in some ways, but no, I was okay. Um, anyway, she said you really must do yoga. She was a part-time yoga teacher herself, and she rang up the Gita school. She found out when the classes began. She said, "There you go, da da da." And I went along, and I bu- I booked in, and I went along, and from that day to this. Never look back. So Gita, uh, there, well, there was a school here. There's yes, a sign yes, that that was across the road from yeah. our office that mm. says Gita Yoga School. Well, they're not there anymore, but that's not where I went. I was um, 
the principal of the Gita School uh, retired in the 80s. That was Margaret Sigesman. Uh, she was my teacher. And um, the school then was in Alfred Place off Collins Street, mm. 100 Collins Street. V- really unique and beautiful place. It was it was a, an oasis in the city, you know. And as a student, I used to rush there from my corporate job and breathe out, you know, because it was all mm. very Japanesey, um, minimalist mm. and um, stones on the floor and the studios were just so beautiful, just mm. big spaces. There's definitely something in the incense. They were burning some <laughs> cannabisitis yeah. or whatever it's called. And and the funny thing is, you know, we had tradesmen sometimes coming into the school because I eventually worked there and uh, they'd come in and they'd say, where are all the chairs? Where are the chairs? <laughs> Where do you sit down? Well, there was only there were no chairs except yeah. in the office and in Margaret's office, but not in the studios. There were no chairs, so everyone sat on the floor. What were you doing at budget? Were you like behind? Were you booking out cars? In the very beginning, I was yes, I was a rental representative and uh, or hostess, as we were called in those really? days. And I progressed from there to be a uh, travel industry rep and then a um, corporate industry rep. And then I was the um, n- the national training officer. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I had a wonderful job. And thank you, Bob Ansett for, and Josie, wonderful bosses. Bob has been an enormous influence in my life along with Margaret Sigesman and my other wonderful yoga teachers. But Bob, that- Bob, owned the, Bob owned Budget. And so Bob Ansett, his father, Reg Ansett, was the founder of Ansett Airways, airline. Yeah, wow. Which, um, so mum's best friends with Josie, who is Bob's wife, yeah. and they work together. That's right. I've seen some old photos of them in the paper mm. in their budget outfit. Yeah. Was it a big deal when you left budget and was the first thing that you did, did you go and do yoga full time? Well, the, the, yeah, I left budget to go to the work full time at the yoga school and that's another funny little thing. One of the, the girls there, she said to me, oh, yoga, what sort of, do you wear a habit? Now, do you know what a habit is? It's like a, a bad habit. <laughs> He's got a couple. On your head? Like a habit? Yeah, what is a habit? Well, a habit's like a nuns wear habits. Oh, oh, okay. You cover your whole body. Swamis wear habits. Yeah, yeah. um, Hare Krishna's. Is that a habit? Well, that's a, you could call it a version, yeah. You could call that a habit. So, I mean, that was the the sort of perception Mm -hmm. of going to work in a yoga school that you Mm. might wear the robes, you know. But my answer to that was no, I'll be wearing a sexy black leotard. Were well, yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all did. Yeah. We all wore. Was faith involved? Faith. 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 That like mean? religion? Was it like no, is yoga's that not a religion. Yoga is open to all religions. Religion in its true sense is means mm-hmm. a pathway toward liberation. You could say also a pathway to God mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you want to. And um, so religious, it, it does kind of follow the um, Hindu, some of the Hindu traditions and teachings, most definitely the Bhagavad Gita, which is a, a renowned mm. uh, Hindu text. It's actually the Hindu Bible. And that's a, a well-known text to study. And Patanjali's Yoga Sutras is another. These are the classic texts 
around the teachings of yoga. And then you've got which, Buddhism. Well, just let me say this. The classic teachings around yoga, <laughs> which um, really teach you how to live, how to live a good and happy and, and fruitful life. And that, that, of course, then is just encompasses so much. Was that what drew you to yoga? Like was, was it the, the physical actions or was it more turning the frown upside down? Yeah. Well, I've always been drawn to some sort of physical action because I did many years of ballet. But um, it wasn't just that. No, it wasn't just that. It, what yoga encompassed was actually... Uh, the the way to understand how to relax, how to relax deeply within yourself. And, and of course, that's the prerequisite for taking your studies and your practices further towards meditation. Is it something that people who aren't relaxed gravitate towards? Is it like for you, were um, you not relaxed? I mean, you got told you had a frown. Mm, but no, I don't think I was relaxed. I, I really don't think I was. I was probably the, uh, the biggest stress ball out. I think I probably stuffed it up as well when I came into this world. It's probably hard to relax. When really? <laughs> yeah, when I was around. I mean, I'm still around, what am I saying? But growing up, it's, you know. Well, it, it, it was well, any childhood um, growing up and Parent, parental relationships and and boys, you know, experimenting and risk taking and rebelling and all those mm. kind of things. That that's natural, and of course, it impacts on you, um, on your nervous system as a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, through yoga, I'm sure I was able to mm. cope a lot better. Um, meditation. I mean, was this was it a huge component of yoga when yoga was around 50 years ago? Um, meditation. Yeah, was it? Because, um, I mean, you well, can go to yes. a lot of places now and you can do mindfulness through yoga, so mm. you're kind of getting a taste of what meditation or mindfulness mm. is. Mm-hmm. Was I know mum meditates every single day, hasn't missed a day. I always say, um, would you take a day off? Never. How many times <laughs> a day a do you meditate? Well, straight, yeah. usually <laughs> formally twice. but What's the know. longest meditation you've done? Just flexing for mum here. Um, well, I didn't. I've done all day. All day? All day. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's with a group and that was that's what you can do. But look. Why can you do it in a group versus on your own? No, well, because you've had the setup, you, mm. you go to a place, you you know, that's your intention mm. to, to do a meditation all day. But you do have breaks, yeah. you know, you, you don't talk or anything, but purpose is to to go quite deep and so you had, into your meditation. So was was meditation hand in hand with yoga 40, 50 years ago? Yeah, it was. It was. Where I went to the yoga school, it definitely was. There, there was always an enormous uh, emphasis placed around relaxing because Margaret Sigesman wrote a fantastic book called Wings of Power and she tells her life story in that book and how she used relaxation when she was um, when she had terrible well she had TB tuberculosis yeah and she lost 
one lung and oh. half another lung and Gee. breathing was really very tough and she had to learn not to panic Oh, about God. not breathing. Well, oh, with all these incense going. I'm <laughs> surprised baby hasn't had an asthma in no. Oh, is that? No, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, no one's had one yet. I just did a, uh, a little what's your dad's name? Yeah, Richard. I just did a, Richard, a little. little Richard Jansen. Um, yeah, Mr. 97, as part of Organised August, has started to meditate. Mm. Oh, good. Now, one mm. question. Now, you're, you're getting worried that you're falling asleep? Yeah. Well, you're lying down, you idiot. No, no, no! Why I still get. No, nobody's an idiot. But if there's a spectrum, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I remember, I remember like the first five to ten minutes of. So I do like a twenty-minute meditation. There's this one that I do, um, and I remember the first five to ten minutes. But then after that, it's just a blank until until he mentions that like wake up and become aware of your surroundings and that's when I come to. So, so like all that's just blank. Like You think no- you've dozed off? Maybe, but it's it's weird because every time I've done it, I wake up at the exact or come to mm. at the exact time when he says mm. become aware of your surroundings. So it's like it's just a blank thing in my ma- mind. I've got no idea what happens. Is he asleep? Sounds is that, is to me norm- like you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so because your mind never stops. Mm. Um Meditation is a great tool to to train your mind mm. to come back, to come back, to come back. Because the thoughts are just, you know, I mean, after 40 years of meditating, I'm still coming back, coming back, coming mm. back mm. to the ob- to the object of your meditation, to um, to pr- to prayer, to talking with God in the language of your heart. You know, you. Ha- the mind requires it, – it actually demands something to do mm. because if it doesn't, what are you going to do? You're ruminating. You're going off into stories. You're going off into um, thinking about or worry, which is worse, about the past, your regrets. You know, the, the mind is, is amazing how it can – Bring up so much that you really don't want it to. Mm. So meditation, and and I'll emphasise that before you you meditate, before you actually even embark on medication, medita- medication, <laughs> yeah, yeah, take medication yeah. before you embark on medication. <laughs> Make sure you take that medication. Yeah. No, um, learn to relax. Learn yeah. to be familiar with your physical body and. And but is that that's relax. probably uh, mindfulness? So I think because we've talked about the difference between meditation and mindfulness, mm-hmm. and mindfulness practices a lot of these apps. Sam mm-hmm. Harris, it's it's exactly that. It's f- like uh, being able to um, remove the sense of having a body in the shape of it by channeling and and focusing deeply on sensations tingling and and um sounds and vision so you it's like becoming aware and mindful of the feeling of being in conscious in in consciousness and is that what you're saying is that what you're saying about so relax you know because people might not understand that and and being in tune with your body is that what that is yes mindfulness? So, so you're not distracted by your body before you meditate, if that's it. But the, the, all those other things you were talking about, they're like techniques. Yeah. 
And so is that a technique to relax then? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's preparation for for meditation, to let your body relax. But stay conscious. See, in in relaxation you go from a thinking and doing to feeling and being. I like the, those words around that because it, it really is your thinking even when you're not relaxed, you're thinking and you're doing. When you when you go into relaxation, you're just feeling and being. So it's present, being very present. Present. How can you present? How can you do that and try and not fall fall asleep? Mm. Well, practice. Yeah. Practice because if you practice it enough mm. and keep coming back, um, reminding yourself to wake up. Um, coming back to that conscious state but still feeling that relaxation in your body, then you you, you go beyond sleeping. Mm. You know? mm. I, I definitely felt so are you you're sitting up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 so weird though, because it doesn't feel like I've woken up afterwards. It's just like one minute I can't remember anything and then I come to you, and and you feel calm and you feel relaxed. That's it's, is it silent or are they is he prompting it with a little bit of prompting? Oh, he, so no. Well, it's there are prompts, and then he goes silent, and there's and there's a bit of music playing in the background as well. What sort of music? Uh, Nicki Minaj. No, it sounds like flutes and some calming mm. music sort mm. of thing. What's your favourite music to listen to? Is I don't it? listen to music for meditation. Mm-hmm. No, I like. What about the, yoga? I like the music of silence. And so when you're do- <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing the the yo like <laughs> the meditation versus the yoga. Are you doing it simultaneously or there's a there's a meditation and then a yoga? How does it work? Well, if you practice asana, the, the, the asana is the physical aspect mm-hmm. of yoga. I mean, everyone calls yoga, that calls asana yoga. But really in the truth in the true sense of the word, yoga encompasses encompasses an eightfold path. Starting I call it the spiritual pyramid. And starting at the bottom, do you want to hear this? Yeah. yeah starting yeah. at the bottom, you have what we call the yamas and the niyamas. These are Sanskrit words. The yamas are um, behaviours that, like non-violence, non-stealing, they're 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 truths. Though. Can you talk like to the, the Ten Commandments? Can you, you know, just have a chat to Dill about stealing my chips? <laughs> can you just <laughs> tell him to fix up his yamas? No stealing, yeah. <laughs> They were good. I was just saying, he's been stealing my chips at work. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No more stealing. <laughs> no more yamas. 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 And then, yamas. And then you have the niyamas, so which, are, which are disciplines that um, involve your own personal hygiene um, and your self-study um, and that kind of thing. So really they form the basis of the triangle, the spiritual triangle, before you even start to go up to meditation. And so that's two and there's eight. There's so eight. then what's the so third the one? So the next one is asana. Mm-hmm. After yama, niyama, asana. Uh, you, you put your yamas and niyamas or you, you never really have them in the bag, so to speak, mm-hmm. because it's an ongoing life um Progression, progression, you know, of observing your behaviour, observing, you know, all that kind of thing, which is far too deep to go into now. But after those two, you go to asana, which is that's the physical side of 
yoga where you do the all the postures that actually train your body and have a remarkable effect when you do classical yoga classical yoga uh, you have postures that work on the endocrine gland system and in turn subtly on the chakras yeah. <laughs> um, and Mason's actually got them tattooed up his back mm-hmm. he doesn't but. and um, you could uh, on a in a lot of ways asana can be a very effective meditative practice because you you're in the present you are mindful you're thinking about your body you're thinking of releasing tension when when it's mm. appropriate and so forth anyway after asana comes pranayama which is the sanskrit word for um, life force energy or breathing breath you can say that you you learn to control the life force within your body and then another the, after that is pratyahara which is the withdrawal of the senses now in the in our everyday world we are so um, stimulated by our senses mm. sight smell taste mm. etc we are just so keyed into that mm. and we have we form an attachment to those senses so fundamentally we have an attachment to our senses and uh, the material world and the physical body. And that's one of the things in the, in the real teachings of yoga that we need to go beyond, that, was that, that attachment. Was that something that even all those years ago was a focus? Because if you look at now and how much like sensory overload we yeah, have, what yeah. was the equivalent Back mm. then, what were that like? Obviously, now it's about scrolling on Instagram. Look, it was no different. Mm. Actually, no different. There's always there's always been something. It may not have mm. been as fast moving as we are now, but there's always been something. We've always had a mind. We've always had worries. We've always had concerns. We've always had competition, and and so it's never been any different, mm. really. Were um, there certain things like what like? Don't spend too much time reading the newspaper. Like, was that like, what's the? Oh well, when TV came in, that was the, that was the worst. Yeah. You know, cinemas yeah. were going to close down. The film industry oh, wasn't yeah. ever going to, you know, have another, make another film. Um, and then children watching television—that mm-hmm. was the the end of children. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know having being able to watch television. So it was—it's never been any different. Mm-hmm. There's always something. So, but we, as as humankind, with this amazing gift of the physical body, which it is a gift, and its mechanisms. If you spend time to just think about how your body works, it's, mm. it's miraculous. Mm. What about making a human? Like, you, it's, yeah, it's like crazy. Me cons- here right now. Conception. Yeah. Absolutely it's, amazing. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, it's almost. Every human being that is alive is super, I mean, lucky or it's a miracle for it to have happened. Oh, absolutely. And you think that those cells that divide to make the eyes, the eyelashes, the fingernails, if those cells don't divide Mm. in the right way, Mm. something goes wrong. Mm. I mean, that is probably something, Josh, having a kid, you admiring your handiwork, mm. <laughs> like looking at your son, like looking at your son sniffing him, and you know, just looking at the little nails. Mm. Like I think that's probably one thing. 
because if you did that to my son, I'd fucking kill you. <laughs> but when you can do it to your own kid, it's pretty fascinating. That's when you, it, it is fascinating. That's a feeling that hits you. Yes, children are just so beautiful. They're little, Some aren't. little Jeez. chubby fingers. What was, what was Tommy like? So we, we've heard that he... No, He's got some feral stories. Oh, yeah. Story. How many we have to? How many triangles I, I have we got? I don't want to stop there. We've got seven at so the moment. Six. That pratyahara is the withdrawal of the senses, mm-hmm. learning to turn off the sense stimulation from the outer world and turn inward. Mm-hmm. So that's the beginning of, of meditation too. And then you have um, concentration, dharana. Mm-hmm. So concentration is then taking an object and being able to focus your mind completely upon that object. And then you have um, dhyana, which is the next layer, and that's meditation. But that's bringing concentration to the point where you then turn your focus of concentration toward God or towards the absolute, towards whatever you perceive as something greater than you. And then the the very pinnacle of the triangle is what they call samadhi and that is bliss, the bliss state. But look, never be told that anyone really experiences that. I mean, you may. We may have a glimpse of it. Mm. We may have... And I, I do take that back because some people can <laughs> have a glimpse of that totally blissful state. Well, it's fleeting though because I, I've asked you before because I think the the modern yo uh, the modern meditation movement is people talking about oh, I've experienced moments of uh, psychedelic uh, mm. feelings and moments. And I asked you mm. that. I said, oh, have you ever experienced like a, you know, that kind of a thing? And you kind of push back on that a little bit. Mm. Which well, I, because it's a very private thing, but when oh, you see geez. the when you see the psychedelic color, that's that's not that's something else. It's it's more ego. It's but I'm not talking about taking substance to achieve that oh, no. state. I'm talking about meditation. Yeah. Well, that's why would you take substances when you can do it naturally? But if you experienced something like that, the bliss. Um, well, you did say well, it was a no, personal. It is a personal mm-hmm. thing, but I I can't say that. Look, I have. Beautiful moments of stillness and communion with God and and a guru too. So I think that's all you can ask in this mm. in your life. To to just have those moments and to keep going and to keep deepening that because you know, you're not gonna rarely do you do it in a lifetime. We have many lifetimes and if you're lucky enough or blessed enough is a better word. To actually be born into a situation where you're able to study, where you're able to, to go to yoga, where you're able to go and, and have a teacher who's going to inspire you. All those things just come together because it's the right time for you. I think it's probably that people who market or sh- share their experience of bliss in these moments, it's probably a... A mark, it's a marketing tool. I think it's ego as well. Like well, it's probably similar to having a Rolex. You can say, oh, look, I'm, I'm getting bliss every weekend. Whatever. Yeah, because then it's like if you're someone who's done meditation for 
you know, very long time and you're not out here saying, yeah, you get it. Like you could probably, I, I see the appeal that some people would have. It's like, oh, I want to go to you because you were talking about this, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's look, the spiritual path is not an easy one. Mm. And, and the path towards meditation, whether you like it or not, calling it that or not. It's a spiritual path. Do you think it's, people who call themselves spiritual are probably not spiritual? I've heard I've heard that before, a bunch of well, people saying that. That's that's their thing, you know. I just don't think you need to make that judgment and look after your own backyard. You <laughs> yeah, know, true. Get your true. own sort of heart and mind in order. Mm. You don't have to worry about what other people are doing because there's enough work to do on yourself. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that I know. I I categorise myself as a beginner, you know. It's you never stop learning. To be a beginner is a wonderful, wonderful Mm. thing because you always learn. You're always learning something new. To be open and receptive to, to new things and on this path there's always something new because you're learning about yourself more and more and more. And having children, well, now we can get on to Tommy. Mm. <laughs> no, no, I've got to go to the it's toilet. good. No, it's no, good. I have no bad things to say about Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. (laughs) I could even say that he has been one of my teachers, as all my children have been. All my children. I'm learning daily Mm. from my children and from students and from friends and it's it's just from the podcast. Heard it. Learned from Josh at all. Yes. Oh, he learned. She learned what a squidgy could do. <laughs> and clusterfuck. Oh, what clusterfuck is. Yeah. <laughs> Good. What did you? Th- <laughs> <laughs> Mum, tell us what did you think a clusterfuck oh. meant? <laughs> she said, "Don't say it on I the said, podcast." Has that got it? Has that got anything to do with a gangbang? <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense, a cluster of people fucking. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's its true origins, I believe. Um, I mean, yeah, so what was the um, what were some of the times that you had to practice patience when uh, uh, bringing up Tommy? Can you turn the heater on, Mason? Thanks. Are you really um, hot? Yeah. The cold? Cold. Yeah. I turn the, oh, he's cold. Baby's cold. Well, look, <laughs> do you know... I, it doesn't occur to me to bring up these things mm. because mum's shut out a lot from her, it's my not childhood. Like shutting it out. Look, Tommy is a beautiful man and a beautiful soul, mm-hmm. as we all are. Yeah, everyone is a beautiful mm. soul, and you have to see the soul. In see, the soul is so perfect, whole and complete, and and it's just this outer personality come ego that um, plays up a bit, you know. Now all that's in the past and you just look forward and... She hasn't given you the answer you want. You've got to be more specific with your questioning. Uh, what do you really want to no, know? No, I don't know. No, nothing particular. No. I just He's always been a gorgeous person, a gorgeous guy, to, you know. So outside of his of soul, his ego. <laughs> what about his ego? Well, I think it's interesting because, I mean, TJ shares a lot of stories about him being... Uh, a little shit. Yeah, I think yeah. It, no, but it was very hard for you, Mum. I think growing up, like it was, there was a lot of pain, and and you and you stuck by during that and helped me. And I, you know, it's why I am who I am today. But it's and so I get it when it's hard to just recall mm-hmm. 
I think that's, you know, there's many stories. The time I had to get my um, stiffy put down with a bit of cold water out the back, the the time, you know, just silly. I mean, there's lots of stories from when I was young, but I think um, the the stuff around the teacher, like it's very, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sensitive to a lot of the things Mm. from my past. Yeah. Well, you were kind of rebellious and always, you know, such a spirit really, but in growing up, that spirit is really sometimes misdirected, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, that's where the ego and comes full force, you know, into into a child. Well, so is it armor, like to well, get through get the childhood? And- then you get defensive, and that defensiveness causes you a whole lot of other stuff. So, you know. Teachers were a little bit wary of you. Oh, we spoke about Sue the other day, the one that you had the confrontation at the butcher. Sue, I think it's time to let these things. (laughs) Let these go. You started it. I hope she's not listening. Oh, I hope she is. That's who listens. She'd probably think Um, it's someone else. Yeah. Well, see, you know, some teachers just don't get it. Yeah. Do you think that there was. Like, look at the teachers at Clunes. Mm. Now, when he was at Clunes in mm. Year 9, Year 9 is traditionally a really difficult time. And so a lot of schools particularly boys. ship them off, ship mm. the kids off for a month or a term. It's like, you know, the, the years you're mm. going to rebel, let's get them into something. And that, that environment took you out of the traditional school behaviour mm. um, into a an environment which said, okay, you've got autonomy here. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You mm. had all that. And that's what you thrived on. Mm. And the principal at Clunes said to me, Tommy wasn't just good. He was the best. Mm-hmm. But they also so thought I was going to be the worst. They well, thought, do you, yes. Do you think that there's, I, I feel like growing up there were, there was kids who were naughty and sometimes there was those cases where it's the parents who are, laissez-faire or a little bit sort of relaxed about the whole thing and you see the teachers getting frustrated. Do you think there was a bit of that where you could see the soul, you could see the spirit, you could mm. see that part of Tommy and he, the other people were judging him on that ego or the outer shell? Yeah, well, they had to. It is their job to um, keep peace in a classroom and to make sure that the rules are followed and all Mm. that kind of stuff. So, look, they've got a hard job. Teachers Mm. have a hard job. Mm. And, you know, I don't really um, blame them, I suppose I can say, for how they are because they're dealing with a whole classroom of different personalities and trying to make the best of it. But, look, that's all gone. Yeah. What does discipline mean? Like if you think about um, how you actually work through all those sort of things, what what does discipline mean to you? Well, discipline, I, I refer to discipline as a best friend because through discipline you, you come out of suffering and, and it teaches you to, to live well in the world. Not discipline like army discipline mm-hmm. or anything, but self-discipline. And that it's very good to have self-discipline. Mm. So if there's, if there's a parent listening to the show that has 
a son or daughter who is in the school system or mm. they're out and about and they're hearing the the things that you heard um, with Tommy growing up of some of those friction points of, um, you know, him not fitting in, being different to other people. How how do you think they should cope or how do, how do they communicate? How do they get your their point of view across? How do they reconcile? Okay, well, you've got to realise from the start that time passes and that's got a big thing to do with it. But you just love, just, you know, show the love. Show the love to your children. Um, don't put them on, don't put them on a spot in so many ways that they have to conform and everything. But show the love and, and be the be the the uh, example to mm. your children as to how they should be. They will catch on. It's. A, I mean, I think about me being into meditation now. I'm not into yoga. I don't do yoga, but I've done it many times across my life. But um, it's. I definitely think about, I don't think I was highly disciplined or anything as a kid, but you're saying work on your own backyard and that's you providing an environment for me and loving environment. And so, like, I mean, all those things, right? It's like, what's the thing to do for a disciplined kid? Well, if you fucking have a marriage that is falling apart and you are fighting and hating on each other and not showing a loving environment, which is in its all, it's got its own challenges. And so I, you know, can understand. But if that's the example that a kid has, you could imagine how it's not, it's going to rattle the child. And so... That's where I think as much as I was a little shit and had my own challenges, my environment was amazing, you know? Mm. But do you think people yeah. think that kids acting out are reflecting on something that's happening at home? Do you think that that's like a mainstream point of view? So kids that act out have a bad home? Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's... Not a, necessarily. It's, I don't think it's... No. I don't think it can be the go-to thought mm. maybe maybe it does maybe people do think that but it's, well, i don't think it's correct mm. because mm. kids can be kids like mm. i look at my son and how much of a little spirit he has and you know mischievous and naughty and <laughs> fun and happy and loving like all mm, these things so i think gorgeous. he's got all of those mm. elements of what i've had so if he starts misbehaving and they look to us so what do you say in that situation if it t turns out Brody's having trouble in school mm. or he's fighting or things like that. How do you oh, I put it on to them. It? I mean, I, I, one woman said something about Bodie and I said, so how, how are you going to handle this? Because it's at but the, isn't it the parents' responsibility. But what, for what? How, I mean, can, how can I handle, like, this is the thing. How can I, like, so if I'm not there and I say, this is an environment of you know, a school system, how have you handled this in the past? Surely this is not an edge case. Like there's no edge case in school systems anymore. Is, the kids have been naughty and But isn't there the assumption that the things that happen at home or the, the respect and all those sort of things then translate into other environments? So isn't the idea yeah. that if it starts at home, if the – like I feel like when I was younger, when if there was people playing up, it was normally the conversation always led to – he doesn't have X, Y, and Z. It's, at I home. mean, it's just looking to blame someone. Mm, is it essentially is. what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. Well, because if no, isn't we there, isn't there mm, some but it's sort of not responsibility? As easy as just blaming. No, I but, think we do have responsibilities of parents to do as best as possible. But you, we can't talk about it 
at a mass scale that if kids misbehaving, blame the parents at home because they're fucking but it up. But is there a response that, like, you defaulted to it's a teacher's responsibility no, 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 to I'm work out? In a moment, if someone said that, mm. and I've said, okay, so how are you going to handle this? In a school environment, what are the steps you're going to take here? But that's not a reflective, a self reflective approach. No, but I'm, it's a also trying to gauge. How, what's the understanding here? Is it just a, is this a moment where someone is just passing blame in their way mm. of communicating? So because then the framing like, is how can I understand, mm. not what are you doing? Well, the other thing with a teacher, for instance, is to say, well, how can we work together with this mm. to help overcome this problem, this behavioural problem? Um, I don't know whether teachers would be open to that, but it is very important that there's communication loving communication and um, another thing is with with children that may be a little bit um, challenging you must have um, parental um, uh, agreement mm. you know like you can't just this happened with you uh, it wasn't just me handing out discipline it had to be, well, we're all doing this together, you, mm. me and dad. And that's what happens. That's when you know there's unity there and there's that agreement and the strength in unity there, you know, when you're all coming from the same place. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think what I'm saying is that's the end of the conversation. It's mm. understanding how a daycare, a school, mm. implements discipline Mm. And then understanding how it's done at home because they're going to be different. Mm. You know, a parent implementing discipline is different to how a school does it. I'll beat the shit out of my son. No, I'm joking. I wouldn't well, do think, that. Well, I but, think that like so from, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not as easy as just having me telling you that. What do you do? And then that's the end of that conversation. Yeah. It's okay. This is kids are kids. There, there is be naughty kids and every kid in between going to any school across the world or daycare or whatever. And so there is, like, educators learn this stuff. They are taught yeah, the elements, the psychology, the elements. And so how do we, if a kid, you know, this is why things like the naughty corner and um, detention, these things are actually created, right? Because it's not fucking unnormal. But they were the, they were the, they're the systems that are put in place to try and manage. It's discipline though. Yeah. That is discipline. So and it's so a systematised discipline. But then it needs to translate to home as well. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if a kid is just left to their own devices and is out all night when, they, you know, just a young, young child. Like I remember the kids around, some kids around our neighbourhood, mm. some of the kids, you know. Um, roaming the streets. Roaming the streets. They, they, they were and they were naughty. And so you could easily say that, ah, okay, that's a that's mm. a destructive path for a parent mm. to go down. And so, but I don't think it's as easy as just handing out blame, right? It's no, like, and you've got to be very careful with blame. Mm. I don't like the Should, blame game What about at personal all. responsibility? What about like, yeah, so if I had a kid, I think if, if yeah. I had a kid I was and they were misbehaving at school, my instinct would be, what am I doing? What do I need to do to help this? What's and mm. what am I doing? What am I not fostering? So there's love, mm. but is there is there hard love, which is like oh, you know love. what? Yeah, tough, tough love, love which tough is love. you know uh, 
uh, I can be loving, but you have to get up at this time and you need to be ready and you actually need to wear the correct shoes to school because that's what we've set out. Yes. Oh, yeah. All that's just, that's the... Parenting one on one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it should you be done, right? Do mm. yeah, I mean, there's a bunch to, of people that won't. Because parents have to be not only a parent, but a teacher mm-hmm. to, their children, to, to teach their children. Not only a parent, but a teacher to their children. And it, it involves a lot. Mm-hmm. It does involve a lot. And you have to have restraint, of course, as a parent as well, because times can get very, very, very difficult. Mm. We're all human, you know. I was meditating, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. I think that, um, yeah, the, I think growing up, I think about like the bullies in school. Mm. And it was Were always you bullied? In, yeah. I think like oh, the interesting, I think a lot of people are. I think like mm. for me, my frustration was always that it felt like there was, there'd be a dynamic where the, the kid would go and come into school and the parents would defend and be like, you know, he's so good at home or this is how, like, this is, um, mm. and it was, and it felt like, yeah, that f- the parents had fostered a relationship with their child, mm. but there was the lack of self-reflection it felt in those moments of being like, oh, look, there's these, he's coming into school and this X, Y, and Z's happening. Maybe we should be actually doing something. I, I just know the conversations, having them with teachers, which is like, yeah, unfortunately, like we bring this, you know, Josh, it's so, sorry that you have to go through, you know, this bullying. Unfortunately, the, um, you know, there's, there's the changes aren't happening. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's, um, mm. it's, an, it's an interesting one. Mm. I mean, well, it makes sense about how you approach this kind of stuff. Does, and that's yeah. totally fine. I think um, it's, mm. it's an experience you've had, but it's not the written in stone experience, mm. you know, like I think about, um, ki- I think about my situation. I had teachers lying about shit. Remember when Ken Burns hit me yeah. on the head? Oh, careful, I, careful. I didn't give a fuck. He's probably dead. <laughs> Hope he is. No, no, that's a bit mean. Sorry. I do apologize. But he hit me on the head and see how, how emotionally triggering is childhood memories, right? Mm. So you, mm. I, you, mm. I see the physiological change in you when mm. you talk about being bullied, mm. right? And it's like, it's, it's, it's at a time where we're so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I have empathy, not for the bully, but for the, 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 the time that we're all going through at that time because I went through a tough time, right? I don't think I was bullying a heap of kids. I, I, the teachers definitely were struggling to uh, have me in their, in their environment, in their, what they wanted as far as yes. that, that environment. Well, they couldn't cope. They couldn't cope. And yeah. there is a bunch of kids that can't cope. And maybe it's the school system that's not right for them. But I, I remember teach some teachers flat out denying shit, and that yeah. and like what I that does. That. And he said no. He said no of course he did. Know. But he mm. smashed me on the back on the top of the head. Like that is someone. He was mm. the vice principal. It was full on, and so it's. Um, I mean, you know, and yeah, that, that's see. I always believed Tommy. Mm. I always believed mm. him. He he never told lies, did you? No, 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 no. Because no, no, I, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't getting. I wasn't going to the principal's office for you know teasing some kid or punching someone in the face. It was always but just. You had a lot of friends. Pu- pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. and fucking just yeah, being naughty. You were, you were a popular boy. Oh, thanks. 
<laughs> I won't knock that one. So, you know, kids, no, but I have, kid, I had, other kids liked you. Mm. Yeah, it's because it uh, beat the fucking maybe. shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Had no, a system going. Cash, no, cash. No, it's inter- no, it is interesting. I think like the um, the teacher stuff is interesting because is is it that like what is the responsibility of a teacher mm. as well? Like they're oh, it's uh, huge. They're, yeah, it's a big undertaking, mm. and that's and that's huge. why they have they have a lot of um, responsibility. You, and just, just uh, it's an undertaking of responsibility, whether they like it or not. But if you've got their job is, yeah, if exactly. you got twenty four kids, I guess the hard part is that it's the what uh, if you've got twenty four kids that you're looking after, mm. there then becomes a prioritization based on everyone needing to mm. be sort of similar or sort of yeah. acting a certain oh, way to be able. Yeah, you want kids conform. to conform because if if you were to go, I, I could imagine if I was a teacher. How would you want your day to go? I'd want my day to go smoothly. Mm. I'd want my day to not have too many hiccups and little shits throwing mm. shit around the room mm. so I can be at peace. And that's a personal, like you want your day to go nicely as a, as any job you do. I don't want too mm. many hiccups. And so there's not much difference when you're a teacher. Yeah. And so when someone is throwing a spanner in the works like me, and I was physically throwing spanners. <laughs> no, but if you were... It's it's going to throw off what you wanted to be a nice day, mm-hmm. and so then that requires a level of problem pro- problem solving. And they're probably not being their best self either. No, right? and in that's those why situations. yeah, someone who and lies they, and, and they have their issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like as it's human a, beings, teachers have their own personal issues. Exactly, that tr- is triggered by the behaviour of a child, or mm. they they come up against something. A kid who's been bullied hard. who then becomes a teacher and then sees kids being bullied. What are they going to do? How would you feel? You wouldn't really have empathy for the bully because you you, you understand. And maybe you would, but I think an initial reaction wouldn't be to have empathy because mm-hmm. you see. And, you, and so this is we're complex creatures and it's like looking but at I think p- there was a lot, like for me, I remember like some of the bull, like there was always a story. I found that every bully that I had had mm-hmm. a story. One uh, his mum passed away when he was young mm. and I felt like there was – and so I end up empathising mm. with all of these people. Mm. But in reflection, I wonder about the empathy that's coming the other way as well. Like what's For the, who? From who? Well, I guess from that bully – like so I'm, I'm having to in that moment be empathising with mm. them based on behaviour that's not great. And so I wonder uh, I when, I'm ta- a, when I'm taking yeah. that approach as a – as a kid, then it feels like there is more of an opportunity rather than saying this is uh, – I'd be asking to the teacher what they're doing. It would be there, – there seems like there can be more work on the other child as well to work out what what it is. And it maybe it means a different style of schooling. Maybe it mm. means that the conformity doesn't work. I think a lot of there's probably a lot of kids that are on ADD medication based on not conforming or fitting mm-hmm. in. Well, yeah, because I mean that that was something the teacher said I had. Yeah, and and it's and it's pro- and I probably did, reckon didn't have it. I probably think it's there's some sensitive. Have you checked? <laughs> have you checked? To, uh, there'd be sensitivities now because it's like you just can't call someone. Mm-hmm. You can't call someone an ADD. You know, like mm-hmm. if a teacher said, "Oh, he's probably got ADD," you know that. We're pretty progressive now. It'd be there's probably a way to direct it without being rude. But I but I get it. It's um I think Josh, you're a different creature. It's why mm. you hung out with teachers. Mm. It's most kids aren't being empathetic 
to a kid's situation. Mm. Like yeah. for you to even consider this kid and his mm. mum's story, it's mm. like yeah. that's fucking adult yeah. thinking. That's mm. beautiful. It's amazing, yeah. right? It, and that's why I think you're so unique and and you've had a different pathway to mm. most. Mm. It's yeah. um yeah, it's, Well, I think it's, it's like interesting to think of everyone like we all have different uh versions of mm. childhood and all that sort of thing. I guess that's why it's like it's I think it's also it's almost like a religion. It's like that's why people are so funny about how they bring up their kids because mm. it is such a unique mm. experience. And I just know that growing up it was I wish so and so would just discipline their kid. Mm. You know, that but type I mean, of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's what does it even mean? Like mm. I mean it's you, you you want your kid to conform and so it's it's so well, I think it's so, so it's so, well, I so think hard. like for the parents of the kids that are being bullied, it's like yeah. I what if they were trying? What if they were trying everything under the sun? What if they were actually, if you just gave them the benefit of the doubt that they were actually disciplining their child and it just wasn't working? Yeah, that's what I wonder. I mean, that's what the interesting thing is, yeah. isn't it? It's like, um, uh, what's the, what's the answer? I don't know what the answer yeah. is. Well, but I think personal responsibility. What is personal responsibility? There's mm. the child, but are they old enough mm. or mature enough to have? A level of thinking about. I that. mean, this is the problem, right? It, and then it all ends. Your friend kills himself. Mm. You know that was my one of my best friends did that, and he was a kid who misbehaved. Mm. He had his hardships as growing up as a kid and family stuff. But at what point does it? At what point? How, how do you, we're trying to fix kids, right, yeah. by disciplining them? At what point is it just? I think I grew out of a lot of shit, and I and I. Was it about fixing or is it about like, so say for instance, if it's the, if it's about, if it's the spirit and where, and Joanne, you mentioned like Tommy sort of his spirit sometimes was mis, not misguided, misguided. but sort yeah, of, you know, misdirected. if it was misdirected, was, yeah. mm. then it feels like misdirection implies that there's potentially some form of external force that is moving that across, whether it's peers or things like that. So then it feels like. There is something that we can do to guide mm. our kids' spirits. Well, you have to, but th- it's not just. And this is harking back to to the philosophy of mm. yoga, and mm. the, um, it's not just all happened in this life. You know, mm. you uh, reincarnation teaches us that um, every life we have, every incarnation we have, we bring with mm. us certain. Issues mm. that we've had to deal with in, I mean, the li- but, in, the, yeah. in other lives now, and it's not us; it's mm. not my body that's reincarnating. It is the soul, but it's terribly complex. But it, it is. It's all in that memory in in the in the memory there, the cellular memory that comes across from past lives and this life. Mm. Look, you could talk for all day yeah. about yeah, I can this. Imagine You're teachers, never going to get the I can imagine teachers, there being a lot of teachers not resonating with like talking, like, <laughs> like yeah, of course. talking about reincarnation and yes. stuff. That you have probably have a, have I think it's something from his past <laughs> life. I think if you let it go. <laughs> I see Bodhi and I see his spirit, whatever you want to call mm. it. He's had yeah. it from day one. His little cheeky, he's, like, I know he's so he's, he, You can see that in him, right? And there's this fire and. I look at my friends who are troublemakers and there is something unique about all of them and it's a restlessness and I think mm. like Karim, my best friend, he we went through a lot of tough times together, just those restless years of being a teen mm. 
and doing bad shit and coming out the other side of it. And we look at each other and we're like, fuck, man, we, it's so nice that we survived that. Because there's a lot of people that around mm. me that killed themselves mm. growing up. And it's like I just know they were all unique. I can – every person that is – that has done that to themselves, they were unique individuals mm. and they were bigger than what mm. they thought. They was, the mm. spirit about them was unbelievable mm. and they were misbehaved and treat people badly, but it's like it's like they couldn't, they couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So what is the yes. answer, do you, you think? There's no answer. Look, as coming back to being a parent, you, you have to remind yourself over and over again that it's their journey. You mm. can guide them, you can teach them, but in mm. the end it's their journey in this lifetime mm. that they're on. Well, we, we, I mean that's and, the thing and about... Ha- and things have to play out. And, and there's Good col- and bad have to yeah. play out. There's culture and community yeah. and so... The the fact that there was so many sort of of those negative things to happen in that time. Mm. What do you think? It, what in reflection? What do you think it was? Why were people killing themselves? Why were what? What do you think it mm. was? Oh, I mean, I yeah. I mean, mental health is one thing, mm. but I think I mean it. It's that I, I mean, I was there re- being restless and and. Just the unknown of just you know it's a it's a difficult journey to get through those teen years. Mm. You know, if you don't find something, if you don't like, you found something. Remember what the first thing you found? No, what was it? Kickboxing. Oh yeah, did kickboxing. Your life changed from there on. Really? Yeah, and I mean, I I did a lot of praying. A lot of praying. Teachers have all tuned out at this point as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hope so. Yeah. And um, when you pray, you don't pray, please God make Tommy a good boy. Mm. You pray, you open your heart to receive that that, um, prayer that goes out, that divine grace guides him, that he wakes up. Whoever you're praying for, it's not our will, it's God's will. And they, that person that you're praying for needs grace to wake up. Mm. And, you know, it, it worked. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it didn't work for a bunch of your friends, I yeah, guess, in yeah. some way. Like, well, uh, they you may know. not have been prayed yeah. for. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> Course Sorry, no, but doesn't it's it's, well, it's irrelevant. Like I think it, regardless of whether you believe praying for someone helps or not, there is a, a thoughtfulness and a. It's like you're putting it out into the universe or whatever you want to, yes, however yes. you want to look at and, it. Because if you continue to worry about that person and be concerned, so you see where there goes thought, there goes energy. Mm. Where your thoughts are, that is where your consciousness is. So if you choose to just go along and worry, 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 you could in a way mm. attract the negativity mm. that you're trying to, to not attract. So, so with what I say about prayer is that you put in a positive energy mm. into the healing of the situation, no matter what it is. Is, it, is that as much about the the action or things that you bring into the physical world after the prayer as it is 
yes. the prayer oh, itself. Yeah, everything mm. everything is integrated. Everything mm. in everything is interwoven in life. And you don't pray rote prayers either. You pray in the language of your heart. Mm. Mm. That's what, you know, it is. It's I think people too, being in like even conspiracy Jimmy, like I've got friends that I've been friends with forever. Reese Mitchell, like these are all people that when these hard stuff happened, we were together mm. and we talked a lot and, you know, we we were <laughs> young, smoking weed, talking about our thoughts and like it was bizarre. And I actually look at those times probably as much as you hated those times. I think about what I'm into now and those conversations I still have with those people. We're talking about our thinking and what's mm. happening and what, like it's, it was. Well, you're all very philosophical. It was hyper thought what we were into back then, mm. which was, mm. I think, lucky because if you're alone with people around you mm. that aren't ever going to be chatting mm. about these things, mm. but you're thinking them, you need to get it out somehow. Mm. Yeah. Well, see, that's grace. That I call yeah. it grace that you ha- were with people that cared about you and that um, just were willing to listen and mm goes on. So if you consider your life a being um, a journey of, of, of um, opening to grace in your life, just open to the grace because everyone is worthy of that grace. Mm. Everyone is worthy of it. Is that part of maybe even Tommy's pushback before on people, certain people not being prayed for or whatever? Is that part of it which is like it is something that should be that universal thing that, you know, like things, bad things happen to really great people. Mm-hmm. And so how does, how does that fit within your faith or the thoughts on prayer? You just have to accept. Acceptance mm-hmm. is another wonderful tool of survival. No matter what situation you're mm. in, you, you don't want some things to happen, of course, but things happen you know, people die, people have all sorts of things happen. And to survive all that, you need to have an attitude of acceptance. But where do you go with that acceptance? You know, th- that's where faith comes into mm-hmm. it really enormously, that you have somewhere to go with that. You have a place of refuge to go to. And it's that in that place of refuge that um, healing can happen and grace comes to you. What do you think of personal responsibility and personal discipline? How do you, what do you think about? Oh, it's a necessity, mm. absolute necessity. It's part of it. It's they're the yamas and niyamas. Mm. You can't expect if you're if you want to meditate, um, achieve some sort of um, um, experience of, of meditation and communion with with the divine. You can't do that if if you're going out and hurting people, uh, physically, mentally, or emotionally. Mm. You can't. It just doesn't go with it. You know. You can't just change from being harmful in some way, or and then thinking you're going to sit there and and experience God in meditation. Mm. It it's just doesn't go. That's why. That's why the eightfold path is very important Mm. to know about. How do you uncover those blind spots that we have? Blind spots? Like Like if I guess um, 
you know, I was at a cafe uh, today. And this guy was, uh, it was uh, Jerry's Cafe in Elwood. The, oh, I you talk about the owner? Uh, yeah, Andrew, the owner. <laughs> I used to PT him. Really? He's a bit of a wanker. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I actually, I I read the reviews. They're coming thick and fast. We literally <laughs> went down the street to someone's house who were filming and they said, oh, yeah, a lot of problems. I used to train, train him and once he rocked up, he was wearing jeans, shirt. Uh, I literally <laughs> just came to tell me he wasn't training. <laughs> But he still paid me, so I was fine. Anyway, I literally a couple I, of times actually. So I, I went to get a car. The reason why I call him a wanker is because I go up and uh, he uh, walk in and he straight away says, "Oh, uh, what would you like?" And I was like, um, "It was like we just sort of walked in, so it was all a, a bit like okay." And so I said, "Oh, Mason, what do you want?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, 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 one hot chocolate and and I was thinking of my almond flat white and I'm like almond milk. I wonder if they're gonna have almond milk." I say, and uh, uh, Almond flat white. And then I went to say thanks. And then he was like, how about a please? <gasps> and no. I was like, okay, here we go. Ooh. And anyway, so I, like we, I said, uh, and it was as I was saying thanks that he said, how about please? <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> weird. So I sat down, but then I just saw the interactions <laughs> of everyone else who had gone into the shop. No, I mean, spot uh, on. Yeah. He was literally saying that, uh, yeah, there was two people waiting. He said, I was just on the phone to the accountant. Uh, so set it's all, yeah, so he's, it was set off. But my yeah. point is that you've got people like that. Andrew probably doesn't know that he's a bit of a dickhead. Mm. Or he does. Well, you have to bless him. Just just bless him. Don't let things like mm. that disturb your peace. Yeah, well, I think that's, mm. that's my and next. there's uh, no need to, you know, sort of be reactive in mm. that situation. Yeah. It's say, hard. I mean, it's hard. Say, say, I'm have a podcast. sorry. <laughs> Please, may I have my whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because. You know, you, you, that will set them back. More than than a nasty, yeah, oh yeah, sort of. Oh, yeah, that is hard. Like I know some stuff about him, just what he <laughs> told me. But it's but it, even just no, I'm talking yeah. personal. Yeah, just what's happened, and I, I got that vibe from him. And so, how do you? How does? Maybe he's not aware, or maybe he is aware. Maybe he, maybe he hasn't taken the time to think about the person. How he's behaving. Yeah, how he comes well, you across. See, introspection. And, this is another whole thing. Introspection. Mm-hmm. Self. Self um, reflection, reflection, mm. very important, and and people like that, they sort mm. of probably never heard of that. I think they well, that's have, where I was. That's my point. Is it's like time. I guess like the but blind that, spots. Yeah. He's yeah. living his life, yeah. and he's having he's such fine. a he's asleep. yeah. And he's I guess asleep. that's part of it, which is just like uh, yeah. It's I guess it's disappointing when you like you see. Because you can see how that, I guess the the next step is getting to a point where that doesn't affect your day. But even Mr. 97, you were affected by it, weren't you? Yeah, it it did trigger. I mean, it was more just like everything that he was doing was outrageous. It was just, mm. it was just triggering. But I, I, I mean, like, avoid soon, him at all the costs. Poor thing. <laughs> As the I know. Poor thing. And if you could, I mean, really. If I didn't leave he's a bad suffering. Review. That yeah. guy is suffering. Yeah. 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 But then he's, he's, but he's, but he then is. he's translate. But he's then mm. translating that suffering. But well, you only pick it up if you allow it. If to. we're as reactive as the people that are around us, mm. it's going to be a shit fight. Mm. Yeah. So mm. if if we were to be triggered by everybody else's oh, bullshit, yeah, yeah, hard to live in this world. And maybe that's what he is, right? He's yeah. thinking you looking mm. fucking being slow with his order. You know, he's ready, he's mm-hmm. triggered, right? Yeah. And then he got you. Well, I think part of it yes, is he, 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 got he, he got me he got based you. on like you. not expect. I guess that's part of it. It's like, oh, there's an – and I, I think in the world we're interacting with people less and less. Like we, there's less and less social 
interaction mm. going on and maybe that's because in we the don't world, yeah i think like in regards to personal face to face we go on yeah. it we get our uber eats we don't like mm. and so i guess part of it is it's like mm. uh, it's easier to not have the interaction mm. than it mm. is to the self-reflection of dealing with someone else's shit mm. it's interesting well, you, you, you create the one-on-one mm. and yeah. you work on your own backyard because that's what he needs to do yeah it's like mm. what I've done. I've mm. been working on me on backyard. Um, last thing, Mum. Yes, yes. Fire. <laughs> I spent a lot of time as a kid with my hand in a bucket. Yep. You could say you could have disciplined me to not a nice pick up a match. container of water yeah. in bed. <laughs> oh, what? I can't really. I just remember. I love, like, I, I just like it. I, I mean, I just like playing with the fucking fire and shit. <laughs> I've always loved fires, building fires. Did it out in the backyard. Yeah. I'm lo- it's so lucky I had that. Upbringing, you know, yeah. to be able to have a fire in a house in Brighton in the backyard <laughs> that was big enough. Now kids are growing up in apartments. But my point being, um, what do you remember what what it was about why I loved fire? What like I was always burning myself, always. Yeah, well, that was that was um, a byproduct. I mean, most kids enjoy fire. Mikey was a fire yeah, boy yeah, too. Yeah. And, and, but Josh, you enjoy fire? Yeah. Fireworks? Yeah. It's, fire, it's, it's fire. great. Fire. Primitive? Fire is, 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 yeah. is almost symbolic, you know. You have to have a, a fire in your belly, you go out and do stuff. And Fires fended off big animals, in, yeah, you know, years ago and, and being around a fire mm. is a sense of community. I and, love and fire, the, fire. You know, there's another saying in, in yoga, tapas, you not tapas, tapas, you, that's fire. That mm. burns all your, um, um, all the impurities mm. of your character and, and behaviour. That's, a, a, you know, another symbolic thing of fire. It's mm. very important. But he did some and naughty shit with fire. <laughs> Never burnt, remember when the kid burnt down the playground across the road? With the tires. Yeah. Oh, mm. who was that? It was Michael, R.I.P. Oh, he's not it? with us anymore. Yeah. <sighs> there you go. How do you do that? Oh, I mean, I've been doing this since I was about two. <laughs> he's I've currently got a, got a lighter. Oh, you put gas. the gas in there and. Yeah, no, that doesn't do anything. Anyway. Before we go, you're an <laughs> yeah. author. Yeah, Mum's got a book on the table. Tell us, tell us about the book. It's called uh, Peaceful Living with Prayer and Meditation. Joanne yes, Jacket. That's right. Well, these prayers have just uh, just came out of my own meditation, and my own. <laughs> if you read it, you'll know more about me, uh-huh. <laughs> because um, you know, in times of of uh, challenge, I turn to to talking to God. And, Is Tommy mentioned and in the book? No, I don't know. No. Oh, at the back, yeah. I got my name in there, don't I? Yeah, you, it's dedicated. dedicated. But there's no specific it's prayer. Dedicated. Dedicated no, no, to no. that little shit well, that caused lots of trouble. Well, there's in there. So um, it's, uh, it, it's there. Oh, and along with the prayers, see, the, mo- the main objective of the book was to use prayer as a stepping stone towards stilling the mind and body for meditation. So with every prayer, there is, there's a, uh, an instruction as to how to breathe and just to calm and use the prayers, use the words in the prayer to just calm down and just sit there still and and have a little mm. bit of time out. Do you have a favourite one that you could read us on our to, to end the show? Well, I think one that I can read that's mm-hmm. Im- 
impersonal and universal. Okay. We won't let Mr. 97 read it, that's for sure. <laughs> Would you like me to read it? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. This is an is audible this, original. What, what page? It's um, on page four. This is a, the Daily Talk Show original, spoken <laughs> and written by Joanne Jacket. Do you want the um, instructions first? Um, sure, I'll read the heading for you. Okay. A prayer for our planet Earth. This is very trendy okay. right now. Yeah. Do you want the relax and be still bit? Yeah, the even, yeah. Okay. Relax and be still as you feel this prayer coming from the heart. Say these words, not with a sense of worry or anger or frustration, but rather with a sense of trust and belief. Feel that the love for our planet Earth and all sentient beings is placed in God's care and that we, as humankind, will respond to what is required of us to make our world and the planet a better place. And so the prayer, my prayer is for our planet Earth. I pray that all humankind become aware of the need to appreciate what we have and not to keep wanting what we do not need. I pray that we see the beauty in the world that is here for us and to know that this world, this precious world, needs our love, care and nurturing, just like us as individual human beings. Help us to open our eyes and see with compassion and love what needs to be done and guide our reason, will and action always towards the highest and the best for our planet and all sentient beings. Thank you. Amen. Wake up, Mason. <laughs> no, he's not asleep. Beautiful. Thanks, Mama. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Thank you for coming on the show thank and thank you, you for the uh, and Dill. for the sticks. Oh, yeah. The, yes. Can we keep this bag here? Yeah. You may. Well, yes. she's trying to just declutter. She watched Marie Kondo last <laughs> night, <laughs> trying to get it, get rid of a few things around the house. It's The Daily Talk Show. <laughs> Hi, thedailytalkshow.com is the email address. Did you have any final words, anything you wanted to say? No. Oh, Mason okay. has something to say. Mason. I thought I'd just say that um, your new haircut looks great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. I'll just take off. <laughs> 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 Ruined. Perfect. Perfect. Thank Stop you. coming on to my Thank mother. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Today's talk show. We